we need to look for good, good testimonies. Um, our nugget this month, uh, this evening is, no one can steal your peace. No one can steal your peace without your permission. No one can steal your peace without your permission. Amen. Father, we're praising you. We just give you thanks, Lord, as we look to your word, Father God. We're asking that your Holy Spirit, Father God, who resides within each and every one of us, Father God, bring into uh, a greater context, Father God, and a greater revelation, Father God, uh, as uh, we hear the word, Father God, that uh, we might, Father God, uh, become more emblazoned, Father God, and emboldened, Father God, by the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I'll start out with a little um, story. Uh, at a construction site, maybe you've heard this one before, at a construction site, a man asked a worker, what are you doing? Uh, and the worker says, I'm laying bricks, stupid. Can't you see what I'm doing? So, you know, he looked at him and walked away. And he came up to a second worker and uh, said, what are you doing? And the reply was, making a wall. Wow, that was better. And then he walked up to a third person that was doing the same thing. He says, what are you doing? And the third man's reply was this. I'm building a magnificent cathedral for the glory of God. Okay. The difference between these men was vision. Third man saw the ultimate purpose of his work. So you got to find out what the ultimate purpose is for your work. You know, just I'm just, you know, trash collector or I'm just a student, you know. Hey, you've got, there's an ultimate vision there. Look for it. Your dreams, visions, goals. Look for it. Okay. So if we'll turn to the book of Proverbs, chapter 22, we'll kind of look at the last verse of Proverbs 22. It says, Seeth thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mere men. From the Amplified, it says, Do you see a man diligent and skillful in his business? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. Wow, glory to God. So uh, there is here, we're seeing, there's wisdom here. There's wisdom here. And it, it excels our human wisdom. We need to rely upon the Word of God. Um, the Word... See, one, one translation, I forgot to write it down, says that, uh, uh, seest thou, man, thou a man in his business, he shall before, stand before uh, kings, but he has an excellent spirit. So the word we want to look up uh, or look at is excellent. Uh, excellent means to throw beyond the usual, usual mark. Usual mark. Throw beyond the usual mark. To surpass. To throw beyond others. Hmm. 
beyond measure. So if you're striving for excellence, you need to be beyond others. That's what your dream, vision, and goal is going to put you beyond others. You're going to be uh, uplifted, okay? Uh, the, de the definition for spiritual excellence is, excellency is to, to live the journey that requires you to go beyond the usual mark of your contemporaries. To live the journey that requires you to go beyond the, us the usual mark of your contemporaries. That means you're going to be far above all those. Just like we, we mentioned that uh, Daniel and his, his men were ten times greater than those around him, around them. This is what you are. You will be greater than those that you have. Whatever it's, uh, if you're at a job, you'll be greater than anybody around you or the, your contemporaries in that field. That means all across the nation, you will be greater than, ten times greater. Look, don't just look at it just in, in your office perspective. I'm greater than all the rest you know, here. But look at it as perspective throughout the nation. You can be and you are that. Amen. You have that excellence built within you. Okay. We must learn to allow the, the Lord to prepare us for what he has planned for us. That means we have to have an excellent attitude. And of course, the... We all know what Jeremiah chapter 29 says. Anybody? 29, 11. For the Lord says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. Uh, verse uh, from the Amplified. For I know that the thoughts and plans that I have for you, saith the Lord, thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil, to give you hope in your final outcome. Uh, let's go on to verse 12 in the Amplified. Then you will call upon me and I will come and, and you will come and pray to me and I will hear and heed you. Then you will seek me, inquire for and require me as a vital necessity and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Amen. I will be found, verse 14, I will be found by you, saith the Lord, and I will release you from the captivities. Well, whatever captivity, what's holding you back? I'll release you from the captivity and, and gather you from all the nations of the, uh, and all the places in which you have, I have driven you, saith the Lord. So, Whatever your, your captivity is, he says, I'm going to release you from it. As you seek him, this, this brings excellence into your field. Okay. To be excellent needs, means you have to, there needs a time of preparation. It doesn't just pop on you. There's a time of preparation, okay? Uh, time is more valuable to us than it is to God. Because we live in a time frame. God doesn't have a time frame. Okay, so time is valuable to us. That means, uh, like he says, we have a cert certain amount of days in our life, and, uh, and when those days are, are over, yeah, 
return to dust. Okay. Um, God is more interested in the spiritual, your spiritual de- development regardless of how much time it takes. So you might say, well, you know, um, You remember, I'm going to put this in, in a synopsis that you can maybe understand. Again, he, God is more interested in your spiritual development regardless of how much time it takes. Okay, remember the two thieves on the cross? One, one thief took the opportunity that was given to him. The other thief did not. So he was, God is more, was more, you know, inclined. He wanted both of them, but only one took the opportunity. God is giving us, each and every one of us, an opportunity to excel. We just have to take the time and prepare for it, okay? Um, uh, there's another example. Moses uh, felt directed by God early in his life. And uh, so he went out there and, and he talked to his brother's fellow Jew, Jews. And he saw some, you know, some Egyptian beating up on the guy. So he went over there and beat the guy up and killed him. Okay. Um, and then the very next day, you know, he says, hey, don't fight among each other. And the guy says, are you going to kill me like you did the, the Egyptian, so Moses took off. Um, Moses felt God's direction earning his life, but he killed an Egyptian before God had fully developed him. Sometimes we, we jump ahead of times. Um, the result was Moses, quote, was in a backslidden state for 40 years in the desert before he was called out. Now, I don't think we have 40 years left. No. The way things are going, uh, even in our country, you know, the way things are looking. Um, so what we need to know that haste is one of the most dangerous attitudes in the kingdom of God. For it says, I know what to do. Moses says, I know what to do. He was hasty in his pattern. We can't jump ahead of God's pattern. Jeremiah says, I have plans for you. So we need to follow through on what God is showing us, not jump ahead. Uh, I think all of us have made plans before and got ahead of ourselves. Uh, Those that, uh, I think, they got presents for children. We think we know how to put the thing together without looking at the instructions. And you find all these nuts and bolts left over. And you got to go all over, start all over. We're too hasty. Look at the plans. Follow, follow the plans and you won't have anything left over. You know, and you won't have to tear it apart. You, if we follow God's plan, just follow the order that he gives us and we'll be successful. We won't waste the time. Okay. Um, we need to learn when to step up and do things. That means we have to learn patience, okay? Uh, 
Um, now, there's a process of development in excellence. There's a process of development in excellence. First, first process is to sit and receive. Sit and receive. You just don't go out there and do your own thing. You fight, you know. Um, the second thing is be patient and learn. It's sit to receive, be patient and learn. And thirdly, humbly integrate that which is taught to you into your life. Now, some of us don't like to be uh, instructed. Uh, I won't ask for hands, but uh, some of us don't like to be instructed. Uh, we don't want to integrate that thing into our life, but we have to. There's that, that, uh, that patient to learn and then humbly integrate it into our lives. You know, sometimes... Um, okay. Uh, to sit under... Uh, here's some other goals. Sit under biblical teaching given by godly leaders whose lifestyle is exemplary. So, you know, you find somebody that, hey, this, this person has a lifestyle, uh, you know, you want to mold yourself a little bit or you know, kind of guide, like if you could say, you want to take, um, well, Paul says, as I follow Jesus, follow me. So, you know, follow what, what Paul says. Uh, but Paul made a few mistakes. So we need to follow who? His example. We can follow Jesus' example. You know. Uh, then we need to sit under training to obtain or to gain opportunities. Uh, when you're sitting under training, you gain opportunities because sometimes you'd be chosen to do something. In the military, you're volunteered to do things. And, and you learn through that direction in that way. So, okay. so there's training to gain an opportunity. Okay. Um, we need to become um, students of a mentor. It goes back to the lifestyle. Uh, and seek God's framework in sound biblical relationships. Others that, that you know that within your, your own core group that that are excelling or doing better than what you are or seem to be doing better or maybe you want to be a mentor to somebody. Somebody, somebody that just like to, you get them born again, you want to bring them in to grow in the things of God. You know, well, you can't do that. You gotta, you know, that's, uh, unfortunately, that's, that's what the church has in the past done so much. You can't smoke, you can't drink, you can't do this, you, gotta, you know, can't wear lipstick, you gotta, you know, all that type of stuff. A lot of can'ts, you know, when, when the wife got saved, she was uh, still smoking, and I will have to say I was drinking also. And uh, we went up for the, uh, to be members of the, of the church, and 
we became members and you know later on we got to talk to the pastor he says he said if i knew you were still smoking and drinking you couldn't have been the member because that's not what our you know the church is so yeah, but you know things things you change but fortunately we, we began to grow when those things dropped off you know so don't you know when somebody gets born again don't say hey you can't do that you know uh, you know just you know you grow you know things will the bad things will drop off and you'll grow into a strong individual you know but oftentimes we condemn them and then they, we don't see them anymore. No. You need to take a bath. Well, take them down to the wire, take them to your home, one or two. Hello. <laughs> now, as believers, we need to pursue excellence. Okay, believers who pursue excellence must be willing to take or make drastic changes. I said as believers, and I'm talking about those that have a little bit of a foundation. I'm not talking about the young, young ones, because uh, they can't, some of these people can't make uh, dramatic changes. Well, some of them do, um, you know, but uh, a lot of them don't, and so they can't make the drastic changes. We must be willing to make changes in our daily walk. Amen. You know, uh, I'm always joking about the, the uh, or talking about the donuts, but I got I got to start staying away from those things. <laughs> I'm putting a little weight on the midsection. You know, there's certain things we've got to make changes. If if you, I'm. My closet is full of small clothes now. <laughs> so I've got, you know, I've, I've got away from exercising and stuff. So I've got to, I hate to say that, we're always giving an excuse. It's too cold to exercise. <laughs> right now, it's pretty nice. You, go, you go, go downtown now, there's a lot of places that have gym, you can get, get membership for $10 a month. And you know, hey, that's cheap. I, mean, I remember before you had the arm and leg and, you know, but 10 bucks, you know, you can, you know, you spend that at McDonald's sometimes or wherever, you know, 10 bucks and you could, you know, go to McDonald's and exercise it off. Or <laughs> but we, you know, there's has to be changes in our life. And only you know what changes need to take place. As you read the word, God I'm believing God speaks to you. He says, well, you need to make a change here. You're not, you're not being the type of example that you need me be to for yourself or your fellow workers or, or your family. You know? So, um, you know, God likes to correct us. And oftentimes we don't like it. Uh, let's... Uh, Look, again, we, we must be willing to change, make changes in our daily life. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and we'll go to the last verse, which is number 18. But we all, with open face beholding as in, in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Uh, from the Amplified, it reads, 
and all of us with an unveiled face because we continue to behold in the word of God as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are constantly being transfigured into his very own image in every increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So as we are in the Word, it says we are changing. So there's changes that we certainly need to... Be. One of the changes that, uh, that we need to do is repent. Repent for not following through on what, the, what He tells us. Um, and usually we say, well, I will repent at the, at the end of the day. Anybody ever do that? I have usually have a big list. I couldn't remember it all. So I would be having all this extra baggage the very next day. Oh, I forgot to repent about that. <laughs> so when you make the blooper, repent then so you don't carry the extra baggage. Um, I, I would say too many, well, I'll say... The stubborn and, un and willing, uh, unwilling and uh, disobedient uh, will not repent. And I have been in that category, okay? Uh, so we need to re repent, have daily repentance because that changes our direction. Because if you don't repent, it, that means you're, you're following that, that, the old direction that, that it's causing you to, to go astray. So we need to repent. Not maybe of sin, but something else. You know, like I said, I have to repent for walking into the truth. I have to repent for walking into the donut shop. There's the donut shop down there in, in Orchid, right next to Long's. And I go to Long's for a number of things. And, you know, it's just a few, <laughs> a few steps. Give me a dozen donut holes and I'll take one of those and one of those. <laughs> um, and, I, and I eat them before I get home. <laughs> so she doesn't know. <laughs> and then, then, then she makes a meal and I've, well, <laughs> I've got to eat because she knows what I normally eat. So I'm. Stuffing myself and it's showing. Okay, so <laughs> there's certain things, you know, I don't know what you, what you have to repent of, but I mean, you know, boy, it's getting hot up here. <laughs> okay, two, we must choose to dismantle the unnecessary things in our lives that hinder our pursuit of an excellent walk in Christ Jesus. There are things that we need just not do anymore. You know, um, there's a lot of things that, uh, that we do that are not necessary. Um, boy, tonight's getting to be hot up here. Um, okay, reading, reading the Bible, okay. Um, I know I need to read my Bible. You know, if I'm going to get through the, I'm one of those that want to get, read it through the year. So I know I've got to read so many chapters, but you know, there's a, 
a certain program that I, that I like. So I'll make sure I get that program in, but when it comes to reading that Bible, it's late at night. And <laughs> says, you sleeping? No, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm not getting my Bible reading like I should. I'm putting something, I've got to dismantle that. I've got to put the word first. Read that first, and if, if anything's left on that program, I can watch it or record it, okay? But uh, again, you know, when we are in our own self, we, we make ourselves um, above the word. Okay, so now you know something else you can pray about. <laughs> Boy, like I said, it's getting warm up here. I don't think it's the heater either. Okay, uh, three, or yeah, under this. We must learn to let go of activities, commitments, and relationships and interests, interests that are, are not producing fruit in our lives. Ooh, wow. We must learn to let go of activities, commitments, relationships, and interests that aren't producing fruit in our lives. Um, usually the, the activities and the commitments usually start in spring. You, we, you know, we, uh, we start doing things. Uh, we might join a basketball team or baseball team or softball team. We make that type of commitment, and uh, you know, if we're not, if we're just going out there to play the game, or, or just have that type of activity, and we're not, it says we're not producing fruit in our lives. That means we need to get that little uh, card out there, and go to each member of, of the team and say, you know, have you been? You know that Jesus loves you, and go through go through that, and hey, win a couple to the Lord. I mean, pretty soon you may not want they may not want you on the team. Uh, it it kind of happened that way when uh, uh, when we started getting. Uh, I was still working for PG and E, working at the power plant, and. Uh, it worked, it worked in shift, shift work, and I, I would be with one group through, you know, uh, days of the same group, swings, you know, we'd just work. So it was a group, and so when we had our four days off, um, you know, we, somebody had a party at the house, you know, nothing bad, you know. But, you know, I, when I started getting into the Lord a little bit more, you know, uh, they kind of started noticing because I brought my Bible it's on my workstation, and what is this? And, you know, I wouldn't do certain things anymore that, you know, or uh, and there were parties that found out, there were parties that I wasn't invited to. <laughs> but uh, when, I, when I left there, uh, I heard a couple of guys says the place is going to fall down because uh, he's not here anymore to pray for us. 
because they know you had you you put a standard up, and when you have that standard, people will recognize that standard. And, and even though you're not quote uh, in the mo in the in crowd any longer, you you are a standard that uh, they look up to in, in the aspect of what you're doing. So you know, um, again, we need to let go of activities and commitments and relationships and interests that aren't producing fruit in our lives. Let's uh, let's get get some good fruit in our lives. Amen. Amen. Okay. Um, hey, we're getting close to the end here. Okay, we must remember that our human nature will com compete with our desire for excellence. Your 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 nature, your old your own the old man. Our our flesh seeks quote short term pleasures. Short term pleasures. What's some of the short term I'm not gonna ask you that. Some of us have short term pleasures. Like I said, you know. Uh, They may not be detrimental to other people, but it could be detrimental to you. you know, so we need to watch what we're doing. Um, we have to focus entirely on the Lord, His work in our life and the kingdom. But our flesh will always cry out to lead us astray. You know, there's things that, you know, each and, every, each and every one of us fall into because we don't have a handle on it yet. You might be going along for a few months and hey, you're doing real good and all of a sudden that thing come, pops up and ah, you, you stub your toe on it. You have to ask for repentance. But our flesh will always, you know, try to derail us. Um, and that's taking away from your excellence, okay? It's important to conquer our carnal nature so we can live to give God. It is important to conquer our carnal nature so as to live your God-given potential. If we can conquer our natural or carnal nature, we can begin to live to, to the potential that God's called us to do it if we're striving for excellence. Um, I hate to say this, but too many Christians are, are not striving for excellence. They are settled in mediocrity. Medioc uh, you know, I don't have to do that. You know, that's, that, that's for Laurel to do. Or that's for Whitney to do. You know, that's for Dan to do. I don't want to do that. So, so we settle for mediocrity. And you see other people excel and say, why? That's because they're, they're striving to, to do excellence and, and, and put the flesh down. Okay, well, let's go to, uh, since we're in the New Testament still, we haven't moved. Uh, let's go to the book of Galatians chapter 5. That's Galatians chapter 5. Looking at verse 16, that's Galatians 5, 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Wow, there it is. 
Walk in the Spirit, uh, from the Amplified. But I say, walk and live habitually, habitually in the Spirit, or Holy Spirit, uh, responsive and controlled and guided by the Spirit, then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh of human nature without God. Wow. So, um, I got my toes run over real well on that one. Um, we live too much in the world, I think. Uh, don't give God... God, the place that he's called us to walk in. Uh, now, we must understand there's a principle of testing. There's a principle of testing. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3. See, testing and tempting are two different things. God will test you. He doesn't tempt you. Okay. 1 Timothy chapter 3. First Timothy chapter 3, looking at verse 10. Let these also first be proved or tested. Then let them use the office of a deacon being found blameless. Let's read it from the Amplified. And let them also be tried and investigated and proven, proved first. Then if they turn out to be above reproach, let them also serve as deacons. So there's a, uh, a testing that we have. God tests us. When we go to school, every grade... that you're in, you have to pass tests to go up to the next grade. Right? I mean, if you're in the third grade and you want to get to the fourth grade, you have to pass tests to get into the fourth grade. Um, well, that used to be that way. Nowadays, uh, uh, all you have to do is be in the class and you're promoted to the next grade. And uh, that's why our, our students cannot read or write or do arithmetic. and uh, and. We expect our children to uh, be honorable, and they can't be honorable because they are not taught things. We have taken the principles, principal things in their lives uh, to be honorable away from them. We've taken the, the Bible away from them. They can't read the Bible. Used to be, they used to read the Bible. Uh, the Ten Commandments used to be posted on the walls. Like uh, they said, uh, we are taking these down because... Uh, if they're posted on the walls, the, the students might actually believe and do what they are, what the, these commandments say, and we can't have that because it's a Bible. It's the most stupid thing. Okay. Okay. Every grade level we pass in school was measured by how we did. Our test that God, God tests us is one of faithfulness. God tests us by faithfulness. How faithful are we in the little things will determine how far we advance to the next test. So 
it's always a test of faith that God gives us. Uh, let's look at one of the tests. We'll look at, uh, we'll look at two tests. First, we'll find the one in, in uh, the New Testament. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews and find the 11th chapter. Look at this test. It says it. Okay. Hebrews 11. Verse 17. Hebrews eleven seventeen. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried or tested, offered up Isaac. And he that received the promise offered up by his only begotten son. From the Amplified. By faith, Abraham, when he was put to the test, while testing of his faith, was still in progress. So it's testing of our faith. God tests our faith. How are you doing with your faith level? Okay, let's look at another test of faith. Let's go all the way back to the Old Testament. And there's numerous ones, but I just picked out two. First Kings, the book of First Kings, Chapter 17. And this chapter, first, uh, first Kings chapter 17, uh, Elijah. Uh, is tested, and so, so is the woman tested. Uh, verse 10, So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he had uh, came to the gate of the city, behold, there was a widow woman who was gathering sticks, and he called unto her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And she, and she was going to fetch it. He called her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. And she said, As my Lord that God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in the barrel, and little oil of cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat and die. So there was two tests. Was Elijah going to rely upon this individual, the, the widow woman? And then the widow woman, was, she was tested in her faith. Okay, if I give this prophet, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die anyway, but I might as well just bless this man. And, and of course we find out they ate for, for the duration of the uh, uh, famine. So glory to God. So there's tests. God tests our faith, okay? Uh, now we need to take, take things one step at a time in excellence. We need to take one step at a time. Uh, be careful not to attempt too much of a change all at once. Don't change everything all at once, you know, because sometimes it, it's too difficult to do. But then don't pro procrastinate and, and just put it off, okay? We need to do what is right, you know. Yeah. Begin to, just like a... a when we were little kids learning to walk or crawl, first step was to learn to crawl, or then we advance. So take steps, small steps, and then as you advance, 
you can go, do well, okay? Um, we should not prolong our journey to being excellent. So that means don't, don't put things off. God calls us to do something, do it, you know. We must become excellent in our walk so we can be effective in our outreach, whatever it may be. We must become excellent in our walk so we can be effective in our outreach, whatever it may be. Whether it's schooling or your job, you have to be excellent at it. And God is the one that promotes, promotes you. you know, it's, it's, it's not your boss. God's going to promote you. All you have to do is, okay, God, I'm doing this to the perfection that you called me to do. And either he'll make you the, the, the owner of the company or he'll put you in a position where you're going to get more money or transfer you to a place where you're blessed. So, you know, but we need to uh, be excellent in what we're called to do. Okay. Okay, then, then finally, not finally, we must develop a consistent lifestyle, a, po a positive things, a positive for the things of God. We must develop a consistent lifestyle, a positive for the things of God. In other words, you've got to keep God first, keep the word first, just like uh, Joshua was told to do. Meditate therein day and night that thou might be successful or be excellent in it. If he was not excellent in that, things would fall apart, okay? We must move from hoping for a miracle. I mean, how many Christians you know that are hoping for a miracle? We need to move from hoping for a miracle to faith, walking by faith. Okay, from faith to faith. Because going from faith to faith is, is a progress. Um, waiting for a miracle to happen it is, you know, you're hoping there's no progress. Once you get the mir one miracle, you, you know, you're stalemated because well, I've got this now. I don't have to worry about it until the next crisis comes. Then you need another miracle. But if you're walking faith in faith, you can continue to walk and grow and, and uh, develop. Okay. God is calling each of us to, pardon me, God is calling us to reflect his touch in our lives. God is calling us to reflect his touch in our lives. In our lives, you have to have, or we have, I'll put it that we have to have a, 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 a radiance in our life that others will see it, you know. Um, so let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter, oh, pardon me, 1 Peter chapter 3. This is how we're supposed to reflect. 1 Peter. First Peter chapter three and reflect, reflecting God in our lives. First Peter chapter three, looking at verse fifteen. But sanctify the Lord your God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man 
that asks you reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience that whereas they speak of evil of you as evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. Unfortunately, this, this, this is, this area here, this verses 15 and 16, is where politicians screw up. Okay? Uh, we need to program our lives for success or excellency. Let's back up to the book of Ephesians. We're about done. Ephesians chapter 4. In Ephesians chapter 4, looking at verse 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. So this is programming ourselves for excellency. Psalms chapter 37. Some of these verses will um, jump out at, out at you. Oops, that's Psalms, not Proverbs. Psalms 37. Psalms 37, verse 4, Delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of thy heart. That's, that's a program for success. That's a program for excellency. Desire him first. Glory to God. Proverbs 10. Moving quickly, Proverbs 10. We've just got two more to go after this. Proverbs 10. And looking at verse 22. The blessings of the Lord... That's Proverbs 10, 22. The blessings of the Lord maketh rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. Glory to God. And you could look at verse 23, and you want to look at the latter part. So let's read it this way. The blessings of the Lord maketh rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. But a man of understanding has wisdom. So glory to God. Uh, Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. At 2 Corinthians chapter 9, we have one more after this. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Looking at verse 8, that's verse, nine, verse 8 of 2 chapter 9. And, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound in, in every good work. For the Amplified it reads, And God is able to make all grace, every favor, and earthly blessing come to you in abundance, so that you may always, and under all circumstances, and whatever the need be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support, and furnish in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So this is your steps to excellency. And the final scripture we want to look at is John chapter 16. John chapter 16. We want to look at verse 13. 
And we'll just read the first part of it. How be it that, that he, the spirit of truth, is come. He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Glory to God. So we have the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into excellency. Glory. Anybody needing prayer this evening? Okay, let's all stand. Uh, for those that, uh, there's 